And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel. Just getting over a cold. You could probably hear it in my videos this week that I was really, really small and really weak and really <laughs> raspy. We were this close to not having a show, but dag nabbit, we're going to have a show. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we did have a show, though. I'm glad we did. Mm-hmm. We, we can't go a week without one. No, no, we can't. Again, we've only really missed a show, either if I'm coming back from convention or you're coming back from convention and we try and schedule <laughs> something later in the week, or that time you had food poisoning and I had third-degree burns. <laughs> yeah, that happened on the same week. <laughs> on the same week. Again, you know, you, you think it's like, oh, Joel's exaggerating like he does for comedic effect. No, that really happened. <laughs> No word of a lie in the same week. Again, you know, Matt, you shouldn't have you shouldn't have offended that old Middle Eastern woman with the magic. <laughs> well, why did you do that? She put a curse on us. <laughs> it's like that uh, movie Drag Me to Hell. Matt declined a bank loan to a woman who was clearly a witch. <laughs> oh, why did I do that? Why did, why did we give a bad review to that comic writer who was actually in tune to the dark side? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why do we do these things? Man, it would be crazy if that was how shit actually bit you in the ass as a comic critic. I can say that I can, I can count it on one hand the times I gave a bad review and a critic didn't like it or and a writer didn't like it and it actually got back to me. And in one of those times, I'm glad to say we actually we squashed the beef, the writer and me. That's good. That's good. I haven't had that happen yet, but I, I'm sure it's bound to happen at some point. It was, uh, what is it, it was the guy who's currently writing the Killmonger book, actually. We, we squashed the beef on that one, because he did the Miles retcon that nobody liked, and he did that Batman Outsider series after yeah. Tynion that no one liked. But he's he's a good dude, we're alright, we're chill, we agree on literally everything else, I just didn't like those <laughs> two. That's good. It was a cute little exchange, too, because like he had asked people on Twitter, it's like, oh, who are your favorite comic critics online? And a bunch of people had said me, and he's like, mm, could never get into Kate Joel. D- dude always drags my work, to which I write back, and I'm like, I like you a lot, Brian. I just didn't like those two stories. I'm very excited for Killmonger. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's all love, dude. I'm like, eh, we, squa- we squashed the beef. We had a big sit down, he and I, and we squashed the beef. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Scott Lovedell still hates my guts, though, and I still hate his, so it's all good. He hates everyone's guts. He really does. It's like the it's like the only reason he still has a job is because of Bob Harris, which actually, hey, I didn't even put that down on the news thing this week, but that feels like something we should talk about. Uh, DC laid off a bunch of their people and are undergoing a major restructuring. Again. <laughs> Again. Although, it's like they say a major restructuring, but really they just got rid of a bunch of people whose names you don't know, but who probably did a lot, honestly. Oh, yeah, they got rid of um, Dave. Oh, his last name starts with a C. I can't ever say it. I know. Uh, he, he, he was like a letterer, and it might not seem like much, but like he was like really important in like the, the production of like stuff like Justice League, New Frontier, uh, like all those Darwin Cook stuff and everything. They just like laid him off. Beloved at the company, had worked there for years. People had nothing but nice things to say about him and nothing but condolences for his getting laid off but yeah there's it's a tumultuous time over at dc Comics. yeah there's a lot of stuff happening no one yeah. can really explain it's very very weird and my my thinking of it is it's like well all the same people who were making creative decisions last week are still in power mm-hmm. this week you still got yeah didio you still got jim lee we 
have a president, but maybe we don't. It doesn't seem like it was just a couple years ago when Jeff Johns was, you know, the chief creative officer in control and everything, and there was a direction. Now it seems like the ship has five captains. Yeah, everything's being pulled in different directions. It makes me think, like, once this is all, like, said and done, like, and we actually get maybe, like, a proper president, does that mean we're going to go back to, like, actual rebirth stuff or is that going to go in another direction like it was like well like it is at the moment under uh uh dan didio it it already feels like we're going in a different direction in fact we're going to talk about justice league uh in what we read this week in that segment that comic basically puts down its foot and says yeah everything we said about dr manhattan maybe 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 don't refer to that as much yeah yeah it's like, ooh, you're going here, Jeff, but I'm going over here, and you're going to Shazam, which is also good. <laughs> and we'll talk about Shazam too later in the show. Yeah, this is the this is what we call the uh, the, the coming attractions, the preview for the show to come. <laughs> See, I, I meant to do that, Matt. <laughs> I didn't just get off topic. I'm not going soft in the head. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> But uh, yes, our first story here, and a story that actually kind of divided me and Matt on Twitter, I think we were of two minds on this, which, you know, is is always nice, but always rare, because Matt and I agree on most things, and that is Black Panther gets the Best Picture Oscar nom in a move that I think surprised a lot of people, to which my thought was initially, oh, that's awesome, good for Black Panther, good for the culture, both geek culture and, you know, culture in general, but Matt, you, you had a different take. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm happy that it's it's getting recognized for that, but like, why? It's not exact. It's not like the best Marvel movie ever, and really not the best movie ever. Like, why? Like, I I obviously know why it's being chosen mm. uh, for those extra, like you know, those easy brownie points. The the, the cultural reasons to it, to which, yeah. To which, when a lot of people said that it's not even the best movie, I said, well, yeah, neither. Is Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody, no, no, and they're no. still up there. And also, hey, yeah. well, the Oscars, despite saying Best Picture, it's never really about Best Picture. It's about no. the, it's about the money ball. It's about the studios had X amount of money to spend and to release them all at once to get it in mm-hmm. the eyes of Oscar voters. So, you know, that could bring prestige to their studio. It's never really about the best films. In fact, you never really know the best films from a year that was till years after the fact when we're still talking about them. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, hey, if it had to be any comic book movie, I'm glad it was Black Panther. I know some people would have liked to have seen Infinity War in its place, but I think Black Panther was an easier sell. Yeah, well, no, Black Panther, uh, Infinity War was up for uh, visual effects or something. As it should be. Yeah, yeah. The other big That's piece, pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I hope they win. I mean, Black Panther's not going to win. It's, no. It's, it's probably not going to win. It's going to be that, that, that Netflix foreign film, uh, uh, was it Roma or whatever? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, but just the fact that you got nominated, that's pretty sweet. And uh, speaking of other big comic book uh, nominations, uh, obviously Into the Spider-Verse got a nomination for Best Animated mm-hmm. Film, which feels nice and is vindicating. But again, they're not going to win because Disney and Pixar have two in the same category, and Disney and Pixar <laughs> win every year, even when yep. they're not supposed to win. Talk to the guys at Leica about that. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they often uh, was the alternate. They're like, well, you won last year, we'll win this year, and then you can win next year. And again, 
That happens because Disney and Pixar have the money to spend to make sure their movies are always in there. And because they are an animation house, it is an extra yeah. nice feather in their cap that they take home and win every year. In fact, I don't, I don't even know the answer to this. When was the last time a non-Disney film won Best Animated Movie? I have no idea. That, that, that <laughs> no feels, idea. That feels like something where it's like, I know DreamWorks gets in there every year, but I don't think DreamWorks ever wins Best Animated no. Film. Like, I don't think Shrek ever won anything. I don't think any of those other ones. Thank God the Minions never won anything. Oh, God. <laughs> I know that's Illumination. I often make that mistake. I think DreamWorks and Illumination are the same when they're not. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's one for the comments, everyone. did Has there ever been a time? I feel like there must have been, like maybe back way when... Yeah. But was there ever like a post-Walt Disney era where a non-Disney animated film won best film or best animated film? Yeah, no, I can't think of one. Neither can I. But hey, good for Black Panther. Good on them. I'm sure it'll be a fun show, but I'm not going to watch it because who watches the Oscars anymore? Especially this year when they have no host. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. How's that going to (laughs) work? Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Our host said homophobic things and wouldn't take them back. But Ellen forgave him, though. But he's still not going to do the show, though, so whatever. That's okay. He's going to go do his Monopoly movie. Do his Monopoly movie. Man, (laughs) I I wish that rumor was true that was floating around that the Muppets were going to do it. Because everyone loves the Muppets. That'd be pretty cool. I would have loved if the Muppets did it, or like they got something freaking like crazy to do it. Like I think, I think we're like this, we're like this close, where it's like the Oscars hosted by like Jake and Logan Paul. Like that'll be ten years. From oh now. god, <laughs> no, no, they can't do that because they, they got too too many bad tweets. Yeah, really. Hosted by PewDiePie, coming soon. <laughs> hey, bro. He's never said anything bad. <laughs> yeah. Hey, bros, welcome to the Oscars, bro. I don't watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> no here's the thing he'll do the show but he'll do it in a little face cam up in the corner <laughs> yeah. they'll have to like wheel like a twitch stream tv or something out to the to the stage <laughs> like look i joke about that but we're about 10 years away from that oh i reckon like like soon sooner or later like like netflix is gonna be able to buy the rights to this and it's gonna be streamed <laughs> on netflix or some shit in every hey, category you laugh you laugh it's gonna it's gonna fucking happen it's it's very likely in fact the only reason that netflix shows are even getting considered now and stuff for award shows be it the oscars be it the emmys whatever is because the president of netflix basically said i will spend any amount of money to make this happen and he did because they were very snooty and elitist to netflix like mm-hmm. it wasn't released in a theater so it's not a real movie well, they just got Netflix just got invited into the like Motion Picture Association, like yes, they did. the the big thing in Hollywood, which is like a big thing for them. Yeah. Like, yes, the they're succeeding. So yeah, it, it could definitely happen. They could end up like hosted by like powered by Netflix, powered by Netflix, <laughs> hosted by Killer Mike. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a there's a host we can all get behind. Killer Mike from Run the Jewels needs to host the Oscars. <laughs> and he needs to what is it give everyone Cola and blood pop <laughs> man that's a good show i think you were watching that on netflix too 
Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen it. Man, that's a smart, funny-ass show <laughs> is what that is. Uh, we're talking about Trigger Warning with Killer Mike, the guy from Run the Jewels. Check it out. You know what it actually reminded me of? I got very, like, Kenny versus Spenny vibes off that first mm. episode because it's him just yeah. taking crazy challenges every week that, you know, relate to some sort of social issue where he's like, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm going on tour, but I'm only going to try and buy, you know, black-owned products and keep my money in the black community for as much as possible. Uh, it's very hard, actually. As he as he shows, it's incredibly difficult, and I'm like, wow, I I didn't even think about that. Where my money stays in the community because I'm a pasty faced white dude in a pasty faced white white Canadian town. My money only ever <laughs> stays in the white community. I'm like, man, if I was to challenge myself though to do something like that, that's amazing. I, I of course also they they had a website there, buyblack.com, and I was sure to check that out. And I'm like, that's really awesome, actually. And they have their own merch and everything. That's cool. Yeah. And then I tried to buy Cola, but apparently you can't buy Cola around here. It's illegal. I went to every store. Give me your finest Cola, please, made with the real <laughs> cane sugar. <laughs> which which I've been on about the real cane sugar forever because, you know, that's what the Mexican Cokes have. And everyone says the Mexican Cokes are better because they're made with the real cane sugar, not the high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> which which that shit'll kill you that high fructose corn syrup that's that's what brings the corn apocalypse from the Logan movie <laughs> they were on to something there that's a very believable apocalypse they wrote into that yeah yeah <laughs> but hey from you know from that to something completely different uh hey you liked that Krypton show didn't you Matt I kind of dropped off it I I did I I it actually really surprised me because like as before like when we when it was in development we were like ah oh, this fucking Krypton it's show it's gonna be like it. it's gonna be bullshit but like when you get into it it's so good it's they they do so much really cool stuff in it it's not Gotham no no it's better it's like comic accurate gotham <laughs> it's it's not gotham for superman which is what i think we were all afraid of and speaking of accuracy this blew me away uh we got a good look this week at what lobo is gonna look like in the show mm -hmm. yeah that's fucking lobo that's a lobo is what that is yeah they released the first picture like months ago months ago and it was like oh this this doesn't look good because like the way he was standing made it look like really small and everything. But like this one where you actually see some movement in him, he he looks really good. And he's yelling, and I'm like, that looks incredibly accurate. I'm shocked yeah. at the level of accuracy here. Yeah, I can't wait to see his motorbike. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, uh, I, I, again, have you caught up on Young Justice yet? Uh, not really. No, I haven't had time. Let, let me tell you a cool thing that happens with Lobo and his bike. So Lobo shows up in an episode. And, oh, nice. And you know how Superman has, like, the super cycle, Superboy? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, mm -hmm. Superboy's like, hey, Superbike, come and get him. And Lobo's like, uh-uh, he whistles for his bike, and you have a bike versus bike fight <laughs> while they're nice. fighting on the ground. Like, that's so fucking clever. That's so cool. To have the two bikes fight each other. Uh, now would be the time to catch up on Young Justice because it's it's on hiatus now until June. Yeah, yeah, cool. I enjoyed it. You, again, as I mentioned before, you you can tell the episodes they spent money on and the ones they couldn't <laughs> spend money on, and they keep having to find new tricks to be like, okay, everyone, face masks so they don't know our identity, or okay, uh, this is going to be a silent mission, everyone, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> hey hey well, how come spoiler and shade both new have new costumes now that also cover their mouths yeah so we don't have to animate because <laughs> lip flaps are expensive kids 
<laughs> also, they do a whole episode devoted to Beast Boy that has in it a giant parody of Teen Titans Go that's pretty hilarious. Oh, cool. Beast Boy starts tripping, basically, and he remembers the really sad origin of himself in the Doom Patrol, and it's done in the style of Teen Titans Go, only it's called Doom Patrol Go, and they're all actually voiced by the original Teen Titans and the ones from Teen Titans Go. Oh, that's pretty cool. It is. I feel this is also the show tagging Teen Titans Go back that parodied them while they were off the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, no, we got you back now. <laughs> I did see that that uh, the picture of uh, what Cyborg looks yes. like in this, and I'm not a fan. <laughs> he gets a whole four-episode arc. You might not like the look. He's not there yet is the thing. This is like okay. Cyborg begins over these four episodes. Okay. You know what's really fucking funny about Cyborg? So, Carrie Payton, who voices Cyborg in everything. Mm-hmm is in Young Justice. He voices Black Lightning. He voices Calder. He voices Cyborg's dad, Silas Stone. He yeah. does not voice Cyborg in this, though. They got a different guy to voice did Cyborg. They, did they get the guy that voices him in, like, all the Justice League movies? That Sh- Sh- Shema Moore or something? No, they got Zeno Robinson, who also voices, okay. like, every other black guy on the show. It's just so funny okay. to be like, so... So Cyborg is surrounded by the voice of Cyborg, except it's not coming out of him. It's, like, it's, it's like, gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be funny as well. Like, I wonder if like because they for some reason they really like Cyborg being on the Justice League. Yeah. For some reason, I wonder if they're gonna be like, you're not gonna join the Young Justice. You gotta go straight to the Justice League. Straight to the League. Well, it's funny. And everyone else is like, what? He's he's on the Outsiders now. Basically, the new Outsiders mm-hmm. team, which everyone is quick to make the joke. Why? Why is Cyborg on every team except the one team he's supposed to be on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true, though. It's true. It's shocking. He's going to be on that Doom Patrol show. He's hanging out with the Outsiders here, which at least (laughs) he's hanging out with heroes his own age. So, I mean, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I suppose so, yeah. The show also does something quite interesting, because you know how, like, in the New 52, it's the mother box that his father uses to, like, you know, rebuild him after his death? Here mm-hmm. they use an evil apocalyptian father box to rebuild him. So he's got okay. like this evil voice in his head telling him to kill, kill, kill all humans. <laughs> oh, are they gonna? Are they somehow gonna make that voice like change and become like the grid of the show? That might be something. Oh yeah, they could possibly do grid. Yeah, I <laughs> remember grid. <laughs> I I vaguely remember grid when they're like, "Hey, let's have an evil cyborg." But yeah, it's it, it's kind of interesting. Where I'm like, "Oh, I, I I like they've built another level of pathos into Vic. It's not just enough that he's a robot yeah. man, but he has to fight the Bender impulse to kill all humans." Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not bad. Again, they, they give him four really strong episodes to flesh himself out there. We'll we'll reconvene again when Matt has watched these episodes and we can <laughs> talk about them in more detail. And uh, from something we've been enjoying to something I'm sure we're going to oh just, just enjoy so much, uh, it was announced this week that Matt Smith, one of the former Doctor Whos, is going to be joining the cast of Jared Leto's Morbius movie. 
No one cares about Mobius. Why is this movie getting made? Uh, because people saw Venom by the truckload, apparently, which made Sony think. <laughs> but Ven- Venom is in like the pop culture zeitgeist. For Mobius reason. fucking isn't. <laughs> no, he really isn't. And when I see this news, I just like grip my teeth and grabbed my knees. I'm like, you can't, you can't do it. You can't make lightning strike twice. There's no way you're gonna make people give a shit about Morbius. <laughs> I just hope that like now that. Like, they've seen it, and they'll be like, oh, we'll just shove the Venom in here. Even if it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) You know that's going to happen. They're like, hey, if we have Venom and Morbius and maybe Kraven and some other people, maybe maybe we can build up to our own supervillain hero team-up movie. (laughs) And we'll call it the Dark Universe, because that's not being used, right? (laughs) That's not taken. (laughs) <laughs> god damn it you know we'll we'll have to do a commentary on venom sometime but again it's like it's, oh god <laughs> it's it's hard to even get excited about venom because it's so nothing it's like what do you even make fun of in a movie that's so nothing yeah i didn't even know it was out on like blu-ray yet because I, I went to the shops the other day and like oh oh it's out oh okay i mean i don't we, care <laughs> i mean we could literally watch paint dry and it's basically the same deal <laughs> It is. It is. And, and again, before people jump down my throats in the com, uh, comment section, uh, paint drying is neither good nor bad. It's just paint drying. Maybe you really wanted to see paint dry. Maybe you've been asking to watch paint dry, and if you enjoy it, I begrudge you nothing for it. I have better things to do. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll make it a drinking game. Take a shot every time Tom Hardy looks sweaty. Mm. We'd just be, like, constantly drink, No talking, just, like, constantly drinking. Yeah, we'd be dead. When, 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 he's, when he's, like, sweaty or, like, rants incoherently. Uh, or, like, talks talk, talks, and you can't understand him. It's the Venom drinking game. <laughs> Again, pe- people are just going so easy on Venom. Like, I watch the Honest yeah. trailers for Venom, and I'm like, why are you guys going so easy on Venom? Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> it's a shitty film. I mean, I don't think I'm an elitist snob with ridiculously high standards, but still, why? Why? I, do, I don't get it. I don't. I have no idea either. I just, I just don't get it. But, uh, hey, you know, it's another thing I don't get, but it's something I wanted to talk about anyway. Uh, apparently a casting call went out for Deathstroke in Titan Season 2, which is also happening. <sighs> Why is season two happening? Because, like, wasn't it revealed, like, they don't really have, like, a high, like, subscriber base to, like, 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 net, that when, when the show in other countries came on Netflix, it it was getting more viewers on that than it was on, on the, uh, again, that's probably because you released it in US only, but Mm. it probably, and, and, like, a dozen people probably pirated the fucking show Mm. to watch it, like, straight away. Because they were given no choice. (laughs) Yeah. And also, too, from what I understand, even the people who liked the show really did not like the last episode. No, yeah, it, it like undercuts everything in the other, in the rest of the episodes. Like, yeah, the whole season like spins its wheels, and then it's like, oh yeah, this happened because because they rushed season two out. They're like, man, people are gonna love season one so much. We're already greenlit lighting a season yeah. two. Did you know that whole season cost twenty million dollars to make? Did it really? Yeah. Oh. That's like that's that's ridiculous. That's like two episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, not no, not like that. Like, like the I. If you probably worked it out, you probably work out that like each episode costs about the same as a Game of Thrones episode, maybe a little bit less, but still like the quality. 
Yeah. Where, where, <laughs> like the, where's the quality? Well, where did the money go? You filmed this in Detroit. Yeah, you you built like a the probably the shittiest bat costume I'd ever seen. Which which again, I complained about that too. I only watched episode one, but I'm like I. I don't know how I feel about subbing out the fictional urban hellscape that is Gotham for the real life hellscape that is Detroit. I feel like you're the thing of... is they don't stay there all that often. They then move around, but like oh. the show, ne- yeah. Well, that's the thing. The show never really like it gives you an idea of where they are, but they're like they're here now. Like somehow they're in Iowa. Oh, but it still looks like <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> One of the interesting things about this casting call, though, is that apparently they were uh, very open to colorblind casting. So basically it's like, hey, you know, Hispanic, Asian, uh, you know, you you could be seeing uh, Slade Wilson that, you know, might not look the way you think he does, which I'm sure people will get all pissy about because they always do. Although they never get pissy about villainous casting. They only get pissy about hero casting. So you can be evil and be not white, but only good people can be white. Yeah. <laughs> Which always shocks me. And again, too, I mean, you know, uh, M- Matu Bennett from uh, that Arrow show, I mean, he wasn't uh, what traditionally you would think of when you think of Slade Wilson. My no. my only criteria for casting him is like, does he have a beard? Does he have an eye patch? Is he an asshole? Hey, maybe Joe Mantegello can just play him because he's not going to be playing him in a Justice League film there anytime you go. soon. Joe Mantegello can be on this Titans show. Man, I it'll made, fulfill his contract. <laughs> uh, man, I made fun of Joe Manganiello for so long, and then I found out he actually really loves Dungeons and Dragons, and he has a kick-ass Dungeons and Dragons man cave, and now he's like my favorite person. Oh, really? Yes, he's made. Oh, that's his, cool. He's made his Dungeons and Dragons character Archon the Cruel, like a character that actually jumps between a bunch of really popular and famous D and D streams. nice so he's created this lore for his character that he just shows up and jumps between a bunch of universes and i'm like all right joe you're cool (laughs) he also has his own dungeons and dragons themed clothing line now called death saves jesus (laughs) and i'm like man you are you 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 are not casual about this you are just in like (laughs) flynn on this (laughs) i could respect that that you are so built and movie star handsome but such a giant nerd (laughs) <laughs> i imagine him and vin diesel just you know uh compare notes sometimes on who's the bigger nerd <laughs> but yeah so that's your titans news everyone freaking slow news day i had to work it in there somewhere yeah i don't know uh, what this season's gonna be and then they yeah they at the end of this the the, the first season they, they like threatened us with superboy and crypto so <laughs> no not yay if they're anything like these characters <laughs> yeah what, what, what is the titans take on superboy you think we're gonna see in a world where robin is a oh. brutal killer who says fuck batman starfire is a prostitute maybe well the 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 tease we got of superboy was him brutally murdering everyone in cadmus labs oh. and freeing crypto and then leaving so take that all with what you will and it's it's the fucking john uh the fucking scott lobdell version that had the tattoo oh, on the on the arm and oh. uh, you, you know the one i'm talking about the new 52 fucking one. Oh well that that just lets you know right there what inspired the writers and yeah. if you were inspired by the new 52 teen titans um you're doing it wrong yeah you're doing it wrong literally the writer who got the gig was like hmm, where do i start oh they say the new 52 is a good place to start i'll start here oh look at these edgy teens 
these make sense and are good. <laughs> this is what the kids like. <laughs> it's so crazy to think that show's on the app, and then you have Young Justice, which is a such a better interpretation of most of the same characters. And then you have, like, Doom Patrol, who, on that one episode of Titans, like, the tone just shifted completely and you're like doom patrol are actually pretty fucking cool and their show looks pretty fucking cool yeah i i was ready to write doom patrol off just because i'm like it spun out of titans which means i'm probably not gonna like it but then i saw that uh what is it my uh my netflix orange is the new black internet crush is playing the main girl on that one i'm like ooh, well joel will have to watch a few episodes <laughs> of this and Brendan Fraser's playing Robot Man, and you can't get over that. That's pretty solid. You can't. You can't fuck with that. I will. I will. I will come into Doom Patrol with an open mind. <laughs> Doom Patrol's getting a lot of love across the board recently. Well, it's the next one out. It comes out in February. Mm. Hey, did you know to actually go along with that on the DC Universe app? They actually put up uh, all of Morrison's Doom Patrol run that you can read. Oh, that's for, cool. For like ninety nine cents. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, good. Do that, everyone. Go go read that. Go, go yeah. read it and then tell Grant Morrison you read it and he'll be very happy. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you liked it so much. <laughs> uh, what else do we got going on here? Uh, oh, pff, again, you know, if you thought that Deathstroke news meant it was a slow news day, buddy, watch out, because I got the best slow news day story ever. Uh, they released a brand new group shot from X-Men Dark Phoenix. <laughs> why why are they even advertising this film <laughs> why indeed just fucking dump it on streaming and be done with it seriously just like say hey it's gonna be on streaming go go watch it or, or don't or or don't whatever the, the best tweet i saw from this it was the uh official dark phoenix twitter page which which has reactivated like a phoenix it has risen from the ashes because they clearly <laughs> hired a new person to work it. It was that shot, and then someone uh, took a picture of uh, Lady Gaga from that Lonely Island sketch, It's Not Gay If It's In A Three-Way, and it's her eating cereal, and it's, you people are still here? <laughs> yeah, that's basically how I feel every time they mention X-Men Dark Phoenix news. You guys are still here? I I love like going on like the official... Like that when they put them out on like Twitter, like the official Twitters, and just like reading the comments, and all the people are like, "Yay, this is the final film before Marvel get them and make them good." Yeah. And there's always that one person who's like, "No, Marvel's gonna ruin them." Yeah, because they're so good now. Yeah. <laughs> there's always that one person in every fan, and heck, we we still occasionally run across Amazing Spider-Man fans who think that that's oh, that... the true height of cinematic Spider-Man. <laughs> They're, they're the strangest. They are the strangest. I'm not even mad when I see one of those people because it's kind of like it's like seeing a leprechaun in the wild. Yeah, it's you're like, like whoa, what's that? Thing. Yeah, I, I heard tail or finding a shiny Pokemon in your Pokemon. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't think you guys were real. I have like like a one one hundredth chance of actually finding one of you, and I have. <laughs> Andrew Garfield, Mark Webb is the height of cinematic Spider-Man. <laughs> if they had gotten a third one, it all would have made sense. <laughs> yeah, it would have all been been good. It would have been a billion dollar film and would have ruined everything. <laughs> it would have made perfect. It, it would have, it would have cured cancer. It would have made <laughs> it, it would have made your divorcee dad come back. <laughs> it would have done all these things. It would have fixed your gout. It would give you a what is it a a soda pop that actually helps you lose weight. <laughs> would have done all these things if only they had gotten amazing spider-man 3 
<laughs> I mean, I am sad we don't get to make Crane Dad jokes anymore. After all, Crane Dad was the greatest character of the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. <laughs> he certainly was. He saved his boy, and then he saved Spider-Man through the power of cranes. <laughs> Can't tell me that's not a real superhero right there. <laughs> also, that was a good actor, too, who keeps showing up in superhero stuff. Yeah. So that's always fun. Uh, now, our last story here was something I put on just for fun and for variety and something to give Matt a chance to talk more. Uh, Resident Evil might be looking to get a Netflix series soon. They might be developing that. Yeah, I, I was really excited when I heard this news because Netflix is going to have a good budget and everything. Uh, means we also might actually get a proper Resident Evil story that's in line with the games and not whatever the fuck those movies were. Yeah, something that actually makes it seem like they played the game and it's not just, you know, Mila Jovovich's fan fiction. Yeah, it's not nepotism incarnate. Um, which, which, hey, it's a good deal if you can get it if you're dating, married to the main actress and you just get together every couple of years to play cosplay dress-up. You see they're mo they've moved on to now ruining the Monster Hunter universe now. Oh, is that their thing now? They're doing Monster yeah, Hunter? Yeah, he... Yeah, they, they they've they've started. Oh, I think they might have actually finished filming a Monster Hunter World film, and it's that that guy who did the Resident Evil films, and he put his wife Mila Jovovich in the main role. What's his again? Name? What's his name again? Anderson. Uh... Paul. Paul. I always get I always get these confused because there's like Paul. I think he's Paul W S Anderson, and there's right. like another guy that's like Paul paul w anderson who's completely a, a better director right it's like that that's that's always the meme like you know this is paul w s anderson this is paul w anderson know the difference <laughs> hey the man likes video games that's clear and he's getting paid to but, but he, he likes them but he doesn't play them no but he's seen the pictures though and he likes the yeah. pictures the Zack snyder you know uh approach. way of direct approach to approaching a, a licensed product yeah <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is but uh yeah what what's your pitch for a resident evil show matt what do they what do they do with this because there's a lot of material and a lot of lore some of it really stupid and some of it fucking bonkers how would you make that into a show well see what i would do is i would i wouldn't set it follow i'd set it following like the, the like the storyline of the game but like that wouldn't happen until like season two like season one you build up like the the mystery surrounding like the first game because in the because in the lore of the game in the in the first game uh you find out like like weeks and months before the events of it there's there was like mysterious killings in the forests around raccoon city and you like maybe follow up on that or something and either create a character or grab one from like one of the resident evil outbreak games and like have them be like investigating the the um killings and everything and what's going on and then then you bring in like oh now we're moving into like the game territory where we got like chris redfield and leon and all these characters and then yeah you just build it off of that and not try not to go near like all like the crazy shit in like number five and six mm. you know all, all you know punching boulders and shit and you mean you're gonna cut the Ouroboros, Matt? You're gonna cut the Ouroboros? <laughs> I wouldn't cut the Ouroboros because, like, they're they're actually interesting, like a parasite and everything. But yeah, I don't, I don't know about like the you know their heads exploding and <laughs> giant like tentacles and shit. Hey, look! If you get five seasons, you can do that. 
Yeah, fine. Yeah, if you, the Walking Dead approach, the first couple of seasons are good, and the the rest just spin their wheels. <laughs> I I, li- I I like your pitch, Matt. Let's not make it about Leon or Chris or any of the characters from the games right away. They can come, but mm-hmm. set a baseline with a new POV character, someone who we know that they could kill off. Yeah, yeah. I like that too. Yeah, make them make them like a reporter or something, and you know they're like, "Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm investigating the Raccoon City murders." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what's what's this Spencer Estate that keeps coming up? Yeah, exactly, and have them like, yeah, make a big mystery out of it. Uh, yes, the, the Spencer family that traces back to 19 Dickety Six. <laughs> yeah, who's who's this Wesker guy? I've heard so much about. <laughs> It'll be your stinger and everything. It, it could be a yeah. good thing, too, you know, if you get, like, some people who are really into, like, effects and monster makeup. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, like, uh, like, like practical monster effects and everything. And I, I, for as much shit as I give it, The Walking Dead do pretty good job on, like, their, like, zombie makeup and everything. So yeah, I, get brilliant. those guys. Get that, and then, you know, get, like, Frank Oz and some ex-Muppet people to do the puppetry for, like, a liquor and some shit. Oh, that'd be cool. That's what I want. I want practical effects liquors. <laughs> we'll actually do actual, like, like gene splicing and make real liquors. We could do that, too. You know, <laughs> Netflix has the budget for it now. They can, you know, uh, commission some black testing sites there to have a bunch of real <laughs> mad scientists flown in to create horrifying monsters. Uh, um, umbrella powered by Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Get the new Umbrella streaming app. <laughs> Which turns you into a zombie somehow. <laughs> oh man, that would be that would be funny. I, I I I would like that quite a bit. But yeah, I mean, hey, more more power to Resident Evil. I'll check it out. Yeah, I hope it gets made. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I mean, hey, if uh, what is it that Castlevania show did good enough to warrant two seasons? That's the thing too. They don't say if it's going to be live action or animated. I prefer I prefer live action, but like animated even better i will accept animated i've i've watched those cg uh resident evil's movies those were good those were were pretty decent those actually felt like a game which i was fine for yeah there's the one in the airport and then there's the other one yeah there's another one as well that came out last year oh did it? i miss that one or the year before yeah had chris and leon and claire and uh rebecca chambers all the really cool really cool It, it had all the warriors yeah all the warriors so yeah that was that was our news for this week everyone not a huge week but you know we we had fun didn't we yeah that that was fun but now we're done and now we're going to talk about what we read this week and i'm sure that will be fun too oh will be because we read a tom king book (laughs) i mean any week with a tom king book is a special week here on the comic multiverse you know we love him we hate him we love to hate him we know he can do better and i feel like every week matt and i are just tom king's disappointed parents where it's like son son what have you done son (laughs) what have you done this time son or or what have you not done because it feels like you've just not been writing a story for the last four issues No, as I said with, like, the Professor Pig one from uh, a couple of weeks ago, it feels like this this issue was like, I want to write Tom, Ke- I want to write John Constantine now, but I can't have him in an actual story because of Batman Damned and probably some other shit, so... Well, he's dead. I'll just, like... like, dark now. Yeah, I'll just, like, write him, but, like, it won't be John Constantine, but people won't know that until I just, like, fleetingly say it at the end. 
it's so transparent that all he wanted to do was to write Constantine and that the artist just wanted to draw Constantine because you could have a character <laughs> smoking because none of it's real. It's a dream. You can get around that. Yeah. It's clear they wanted to do that because literally it could have been any character and it makes yeah, no yeah. sense why Batman's subconscious is summoning John Constantine of all that, people. That's what I – like up until that last part where it said, oh, I'm not John Constantine and I'm whoever's actually doing this shit to you. Uh, I, I expected it to be like, like oh, okay – I was, like, reading the book, and I'm like, okay, the Justice League have, like, found Batman. He's stuck in, like, this dream. They've gone to, like, the magic people, like John, to go into his mind to help. That makes sense. Yeah. That's too much. I was giving him too much credit. Yes. Fuck. That was too much. I thought about it too much. I, I, I gave him too much credit, too, because when the whole thing starts, it's like, all right, so we know we're in a dream. This whole this whole arc yeah. is called Nightmares, but here we're actually going to play with that concept, and we're going to see a what if. What if Batman and Catwoman actually did get married? You know, How would their lives change? How would it be different? And the answer is... Mm -hmm. Not much and not really. <laughs> yeah, nothing nothing big changed. Like I expected it to be like like okay, now they're gonna like it's gonna like flash forward a couple of years, they're gonna have like a family or yeah. something. Kinda like that other story he did. Yeah. Where where like Selena was dying or something. Yeah, are they gonna um, retire? Are they gonna have kids? Is just one gonna retire? Does that become a big sticking point for them? No, not really. Yeah, yeah, they like go on their honeymoon, come back and just start like fighting criminals like normal. And nothing has changed, which again is yeah. is that Tom King passive aggressively saying, "Well, you were mad because I didn't change, but the fact is, comics are restrictive to my writing, and nothing would have changed anyway." Yeah, I it's it's very strange, very strange. And it's literally the whole comic of John Constantine being like, "Batman, you're in a dream. You need to wake up. Batman, you're in a dream. You need to wake up." And obviously, Tom King's Batman is written to be a petulant child who basically yep. goes, "No, -uh, shut up, John. No, 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 no. Can't hear you. No, 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 no. Can't hear you." <laughs> Which is something Batman would never do. Like yeah. he'd be he he would realize that he's in a dream like straight away and be like, "Okay, how do I get out of here? I I need to escape." And also. Dream John says, oh, you know, you they captured you. They're filling you full of scarecrow toxin. Are they really? How does Dream John know this? Yeah, and, and like, what is Dream John? If, you, if you're going to, like, propose that he isn't John and he's just taking the form of John, at least, like, give us a hint of, like, who it is. Well, in saying that, he... Tom King probably doesn't even know. He when he wrote this, he didn't know who he wanted to write the next week. So, you know, it could be that John was really Joker... Or, or something. Something, yeah. Again, it's also like, why, why would Batman in any form listen to John Constantine? It's not like they're friends. It's not like they're particularly close. If it was Dick, if it was Gordon, if it, if it was yeah. the Joker, these would all have been better choices. Hell, it would have made sense and actually tied back into the fucking plot if it was Thomas Wayne. Yeah, but no. Or Martha Wayne. Yeah, but we can't have that. No, can't have that. The part that annoyed me the most, though, and this is the only thing I would really point my finger to and be like, that's an inconsistency, that's a plot hole, is when uh, Constantine says, oh, all these dreams are connected, you know, the, the slaughterhouse with Professor Pig, uh, Master Bruce killing all those people. I'm like, no, 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 no. Batman was no. not dreaming Master Bruce. Master Bruce was having a delusion. That was <laughs> yeah. real. That wasn't a dream. That was no, if that was a dream, you have to set up that Batman was there, like witnessing it. Yeah, which he was not. They, no, they no, he was not. That's actually happening and saying, "Oh, we're sending this kid to Arkham Asylum," which again, that was not a dream Batman was having. That was a delusion of this kid. Yeah, 
how does Dream John know that and how does Batman now know about this? Yeah, and and then just before that as well, when like um, Batman tells John or not John that he wants to stay in the dream, Batman gets like kind of jealous that he has like all these magical powers and doesn't do anything with them. Like Batman wouldn't be jealous. Like a Batman doesn't like magic; he distrusts it greatly. Yes, they did a whole (laughs) so like arc about that in Detective Comics just recently. Yeah, so like he wouldn't like be jealous of John in any way. Because, again, Tom King likes Constantine. He liked him enough to want to write him. Tom King has problems with Batman. Batman is a petulant child who is jealous of John Constantine. He's jealous of everyone. He's jealous of everyone because he's secretly super, super inadequate because that's how King writes him. Yeah, this issue was a complete mess like even by tom king's standards yeah it was a way it just spun its wheels did nothing this whole arc has been a waste it looks like you basically don't have to read any of this and none of it will matter no no you could you can basically go from that last issue where we we saw like the flashpoint batman skip over all this until he decides to pick that back up which i have no idea when will be (laughs) this this issue also invalidates the issue before where batman defeats professor pig and learns that he's in a dream yeah he forgot by the time this one started i think they kind of get around that because i think it's kind of a cop-out but john does say something like oh you always forget when you go to the next dream yeah i'm like you've been but but he keeps he keeps remembering so like shouldn't like he start remembering them in each dream so again you can't go backwards in a story but tom king goes backwards in his stories all the time god damn it what is happening i tell you (laughs) again friggin nuts but hey uh i think when this arc is done or the next arc it's actually gonna be a guest arc it's gonna be joshua williamson doing a big flash crossover and that's gonna be a God damn good arc that's gonna make sense. Everyone buy a lot of that issue just to send a point. Well, if you... Also, it looks like I it's probably it might be misdirection, but it looks like he might be also utilizing Gotham Girl for once. Mm, yeah, she fell off the face of the earth. She was really important yeah. in the first couple arcs, then disappeared. Yeah, what if, like, he's been brought into, like, like, okay, we need to bring someone in to actually make sense of all this shit that Tom King is doing with Bane's master plan, and Joshua Williamson's like, I can do all of that. That's easy. (laughs) Again, too, for even the people who like Tom King's Batman, uh, how do you feel that he's taking a whole arc off because he has a special Hollywood job because he cares more about what's going on in Hollywood, perhaps, than what's going on in the comic? Yeah. (laughs) You love him, but maybe he'll leave you. Did you think about that? Thank God. And and, and to the people that like like the book, please tell us why. No one's told us why. No, no one can ever say. I, I read one comment there a while. It wasn't even on my stream. It was on someone else's. They're like, I get what's going on. You know, he's putting Batman through the ringer. He's feeling really bad now and going crazy. No, he was pretty crazy before the wedding and before any of this happened. He's actually evolved very little since Tom King has started writing him. Yeah, if anything, like, you look at, like, what Peter J. Tomasi has done in, like, two issues of his Detective Comics run. Batman's evolved more in those two issues than, you know, the 60-plus issues so far of Tom King's book. And again, a lot of the times I feel like a dick when, you know, I I criticize Tom King's work because it's like, man, this guy makes a lot of first-time comic writer mistakes. And I'm like, well, yeah, he kind of is, though. This is the longest series he's ever written. 
his best work, his Mr. Miracle and his vision were like 12 issue maxi series. He's probably not used to writing this much for this long. So then why, why can't he like just admit that and say, look, I can't write what I, what I'll do is like, I'll, I'll write, I'll write the book, but each like story will be like 12 issue mini arcs. I would be fine with that. But again, you got to take a break in between that. I'm sure that's how he wrote. I, you know, I am Bane. I am suicide. I am Gotham, which, you know, I actually quite enjoyed when they first started but now it's been going on too long and he can't keep doing that yeah it just keeps getting and then it gets like worse and worse because he like forgets things and then suddenly remembers them and it's like oh this has all been part of bane's plan and like that doesn't make sense <laughs> in a lot of ways he's a first-time comic writer who probably maybe just maybe shouldn't have been moved to such a big important book like batman right away yeah not right away he should have maybe been kept on like like nightwing mm. Or something. Done that, done that for a little bit, then might move to maybe Detective, then Batman. Nightwing, who could use a new writer now, and also who is a <laughs> character he genuinely seems to like when he does write him the few times. You don't like Rick Grayson, Joe? No, I don't like her. <laughs> the, the brand new, awesome, edgy character of Rick Grayson. <laughs> Here's the thing. Dan Jurgens is taking over that book soon. He's going to be the new writer on that one. And I like Dan Jurgens. I do not like him enough to pick up a Rick Grayson book. I'm literally like, call me when he's Nightwing again. If anything, he'll try He'll like try and make sense of Rick Grayson. Be like, okay, what do people like and dislike about him? I'll try and like do something in the middle. Well, apparently Dan Jurgens' first arc is Rick Grayson is joining a group called the Nightwings, who are a bunch of people who dress up like Nightwing. Yeah. Okay. Again, that's just just, <laughs> okay. just, just, just give me Nightwing. Isn't Rick Grayson someone who dresses up as Nightwing? Like, so he's joining a group of the same people as him? Just, <laughs> just, just fucking give me Nightwing back. That's all I want. You gave it to me in DC Rebirth. He was in Blue. He was in Bloodhaven. It was great. Why, why did you feel you had to fix what wasn't broken? Yeah, he had a good run. Like he had that. He had that really cool mini series uh, from Kyle Higgins. Oh, yeah, yeah, First Order. Yeah, and, and then like yeah, then all of a sudden like the deer comes and like no, you can't have this. People like this. We can't have that. <laughs> bring bring me my favorite whipping boy. <laughs> I haven't fucked up his life yet. Which is funny. The last <laughs> time he did this, it was with Agent Grayson, but Agent Grayson was actually really good because they gave it to Tim Seeley. And a young Tom King, who was looking to please, they co-wrote that book, and they wrote some really awesome stories there. And I'm sure, I'm sure that burned to D up. Ooh, what do you mean people like it? Ooh, what do you mean it's selling good? <laughs> Damn you, Tim Seeley, you thwarted me again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get him next time. I'll shoot him in the head and make him think he's not Nightwing anymore. <laughs> that'll that'll fix his wagon. But yeah, that was Batman, everyone, and really. It, it was more uneventful than anything, but it's just so many things compounding now. <laughs> you, I actually just had like a really cool thought. You know how you just said like you'll shoot him in the head and make him think he's Nightwing. Well, how cool would I have been if like this, like th again, this is like me th just thinking about it and just, and making a better story than Tom King. What if that like, he shot him in the head and that like flash Batman was actually Dick. Uh, like, and he thinks he's like Batman or something now. Oh, that would be funny. I, I thought you were going to say we're going to find out that it was actually Batman who got shot in the head and everything after that has just been a crazy dream. <laughs> hey, I, I hope so. Yeah, 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 like he. No, 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 no. Everything off that, uh, in that, was it the first issue of Batman issue of his run where he like tried, he like steers the plane away from the city? Yeah. 
he like fell off the plane and hit his head on a gargoyle or something. <laughs> He's in like the Hall of Justice recuperating. They're gonna have to pull something crazy like that because Tom King has dug such a hole for this book and this character is that when they get a new writer, they're gonna have to go in a completely different direction and they're probably never gonna reference this. Heck, most books still aren't referencing no. this one, which I think speaks volumes no. that no other writer wants to reference what's happening in the main yeah. Batman book. Or the, or the only book that has is is the Nightwing book yeah. and that Catwoman book. That's like the only two that are, and they're within the Batman a, family. And one is a spinoff. Yeah. Like, Batman got married, and it was a big deal, and no other book talked about it. No. No. And all this other stuff is going on, and no book is talking about it. No. Because how could you? <laughs> yes or uh, yeah ex exactly like how do i write this into my thing it doesn't make sense <laughs> no exactly but hey you know that's enough batman for this week uh we also had guardians of the galaxy number one from donny cates this week a brand new number one yeah big number one big number one big cast big team big chungus big <laughs> everyone <laughs> big chungus is not a member of the guardians of the galaxy everyone he could be though hey photoshop <laughs> people get on that <laughs> it's time for Big Chungus to take the world of comic books by storm. Uh, I was really excited for this series, and this first issue delivered. I thought it was really great. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's everything you want from a new number one. It picks up where Infinity Wars left off, hooks you <laughs> right away, gives you big stakes, big characters, uh, new status quos for many of them. Yep, yep. The, the poor Guardians crew has been whittled down to nothing. Gamora's evil and disappeared. Drax is dead, but it's really more complicated than that if you read Infinity Wars. Uh, Rocket has pieced out. No one even knows where Rocket is. <laughs> yeah, he's probably in a drunken stupor somewhere. Uh, Groot is a dick now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Peter is more of an alcoholic than he was before. Boy, was he! Uh, they got they, they even lost the Milano. They lost the Melissa Milano, and they had to replace it with the Winona Ryder. Yeah, yeah I thought that was pretty cool. I, I love the Novas. Like, oh, really? You called your ship on the Ryder after after Richard Ryder? Right now, after Winona. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the whole issue centers around the reading of. Thanos's last will and testament by his brother Eros, uh, and he's assembled like all as he puts like all the greatest and most powerful and influential people in the galaxy, except for the Avengers, because fuck them, because fuck those Earth guys, and also screw the Guardians. While well, they technically showed up late, <laughs> yeah, and the the will is read, and we learn that of course Thanos prepares for everything, and mm -hmm. doing so he's uploaded his consciousness into someone or something uh so that he can he can still live on and eris has kind of whittled it down to like a number of individuals a lot of them were avengers as well yes which is very interesting uh, as well as like nick fury <laughs> yeah that was fun obviously too they say the number one suspect is probably gamora because well she's his daughter and she became a villain and was acting weird anyway after killing him yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, I. I actually think it is Gamora because, like, obviously through Infinity War, she had like that, like Thanos ghost thing, like talking to her. And I'm like, oh well, I wonder if that's like an explanation for that. That would make sense. It almost makes too much sense, though. Yeah, yeah. But my thought was, why does no one say Star Fox? Star Fox was his brother, and literally <laughs> like his blood brother, and the one that invited yeah, yeah. everyone here. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, wait, you're his brother. <laughs> Get also, him. <laughs> also, Star Fox is wearing a bunch of black now, if you noticed. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, it could also even be his son, Thane. Is Thane alive or dead? I forget if he killed Thane uh, or not. They, they could bring him back. They could always bring him back. I really liked that Jeff Lemire story with Thane, where Thane steals the Phoenix Force and Mistress Death is yeah. time in Thanos with his son. <laughs> and Thanos steals his dad's power and then takes his helmet and puts it on. It's like, I'm new Thanos now. <laughs> that was a fun one. But yeah, this this really just gets a lot of stuff started. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's like a first issue in a new series is it sets the groundwork for everything. We see the Black Order come back. That's fun. That that was pretty cool. I I, I kind of fell off on their like solo book, but yeah, it was cool seeing them. Uh, I guess they they're the ones who like took control of nowhere. Yes, and used it as a battering ram, which I think yeah. uh, Donny Cates is going to actually tie that into his Venom story because uh, oh, because when, <laughs> when he created Null, who is like the god of the abyss and the creator mm-hmm. of the symbiotes, we see mm-hmm. in Null's first action with the first symbiote, he used it to cut a celestial's head off and that head became nowhere. Oh, wow, that's cool. <laughs> I think he's building this up to a Venom crosser because Venom was a guardian of the galaxy. Thanks to <laughs> What if it's like Venom becomes Thanos? <laughs> oh, shit. Well, then everyone's fucked. Also, they kind of did that in Venomized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, this was fun. Ooh, Hela comes back, too. I like that. They picked yeah. up that, uh, that thread that Jason Aaron had left. Yeah, that was really cool. I didn't expect that. I'm like, I understand that because I've been reading Thor. <laughs> yeah, as you should. That that was a story Jason Aaron started a while ago where it's like, ooh, Thanos is tired of chasing after Mistress Death, so he goes after the goddess of death, Hela, and they're together for a bit, but then she has to get married off in the underworld in Thor. So Thanos mm-hmm. is like, well, fuck you, I'm peacing out. But now Hela's like, well, I'm not going to let him go back to that trifling hoe, Mistress Death, even <laughs> if I have to bring him back to life. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> Yeah, we got to get like a Jerry, Jerry Springer-esque fight between Hela and Mistress Death. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Lots of hair pulling, lots of scratching. That's fine. That'll move comics. Make that the cover, Donny Cates. This is a great idea. It is. It's perfect. Donny Cates is listening. It's like, who the fuck told them what I'm doing in issue five? <laughs> God damn it. Who's leaking shit? Yeah. Really? Is, that a, is that Akira Yoshida? <laughs> <laughs> Quick, get him. <laughs> Donny Cates just comes out swinging his keyboard around his head. Who leaked it? <laughs> I challenge, I invoke the right of Marvel bullpen challenge put down by Jack Kirby and Walt Simonson. <laughs> <laughs> and the bullpen literally becomes a bullpen. They put a bunch of, like, you know, uh, desks around it. Two writers <laughs> enter, one writer leaves. <laughs> and eventually the other writer leaves after being declared the winner. <laughs> But yes, Guardians is good. It is. It's really cool. And I think it's only going to get bigger and more important. Cates basically puts his foot down and says, this is the Marvel cosmic book you all need to read. Yeah, which is good. I'm, I'm glad it's back to being that because we, we had a little bit of run there where mm. the Guardians weren't really like, like, yeah, it's just space adventures, but it's not like this big important book, yeah. which it really should be. This this is Kate saying we're going back to the Abnett and Lanning era yeah. is, is what we're going. This this is the be-all, end-all for cosmic books in the Marvel Universe. This is Cosmic Avengers. Yeah. It's basically Annihilators is what it is because the level yeah. of power. Oh, yeah. Th- this has to be like one of the most OP Guardians of the Galaxy it teams is. ever. It is. It's, it's right like, like Cosmic Ghost Rider, Beta Ray Bill, Groot, Moon Star-Lord, Dragon. Uh, Moon Dragon, File of Vel. Uh, who else is that? Is, is that all more? 
That's not uh, a mole. There's a bunch of people on the cover who were at the meeting and went missing. There's no telling if they'll actually be on the team because Darkhawk was on the cover. So was Adam Warlock, but they got lost in a in the wormhole. No telling if they'll actually be members or not. I reckon they will. All uh, they'll be like like guest members. They'll uh, they'll what is it? They'll rotate in and out. Yeah. Still, that'd be funny though if the first cover was actually a trick. Ha ha ha! It's only some of these people. It's not all of them. <laughs> I got you, but yeah, that that was a good one. What uh, what else did you read, Matt? I've been leading the conversation here. Uh, we had Justice League issue. 16. I want to say sixteen. That was it. Uh, and yeah, recorded my review before we started. And this this was quite a big issue since uh, it poised a lot of like really interesting questions and answered quite a few of them as well. It's, it's um, a massive issue. This this is the oh, most yeah. important book that came out at DC in a long time oh yeah oh yeah so we get sort of the secret history of a multiverse that existed before the dc like multiverse there was something else that uh that was created by perpetua this uh still unseen god-like woman who can create universes and stuff like that is it perpetua i've been saying perpetuia (laughs) i yeah perpetua Perpetua, Perpetua, I don't know. I, I, I say like Perpetua. Perpetua better. That sounds better than mine. <laughs> I'm going to say um, Perpetua. <laughs> and yeah, we learned that like uh, before everyone else found out about this stuff, the Malthusians, who would later become Guardians of the Universe, found out and they like hid it away in Thanagarian vaults on Thanagar Prime. I love uh, that bit of continuity in saying their head scientist, Krona, who obviously was yeah. the guy who was involved with the Anti-Monitor and all that other shit, he, yeah. he was the one who said, Perpetui is scary as fuck, let's never, let's find <laughs> yeah, all of yeah. this. this. This is bad, this is too spooky for me. <laughs> too spooky five me, when the when that guy goes, nah, this shit's too heavy, brah. <laughs> um... And yeah, they locked that away. We learned that like she had a great army that was like a sort of experiment of like combined Martian and human DNA. Yeah, human Martian um, hybrids. And which is really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and we learned that humans we're not sure when these humans found out, but humans found out about all of this shit. And tried and they're, like, to recreate the experiments. Yeah, tried to recreate the army and to do that they actually kidnapped uh john jones when he was like a kid which is a somehow big retcon for his history oh yeah yeah and they used him in these testings which that, that's that's huge they also seek to imply that maybe the white martians were a side effect of yes yeah. yeah or like they were the army or something here's my theory so it's humans on earth with advanced technology in a bunch of tubes we saw a bunch of white Martians attack the team when they were in Atlantis. I'm like, oh, so maybe when they mean Earth, they mean ancient Atlanteans before the city sunk in the water, but when they still had all the great technology. Yeah, ancient Atlanteans or, like, the people before Atlanteans or something. Yeah, I reckon it probably would be Atlantis, because it, then it may, would make sense with, like, what we saw in, like, Drowned Earth, how they could get into space and all that sort of stuff. As, and as It's Snyder. it's all connecting. It's all fucking connecting. Snyder's good about that, isn't he? It's like, yeah, yeah. all that Atlantis shit I did before, you thought I was just jerking my chain, but no, it's actually very important. <laughs> yeah, goddamn. Um... And yeah, we learn all this stuff, and then obviously Starman and all that sort of arrive, and we learn that obviously he's connected to Perpetua because his powers come from the totality. Yeah. Um, and we learn Kendra's role in all of this, since her wings have her nth metal wings have like 
a, a like a map or something to like a god. god yeah yeah a map to like a godlike dimension or something <laughs> i i laughed when they said oh yeah it's a map to a higher plane on your wings i'm like oh is that like a map to dry land in water world on your back is that what we're doing here because i'm cool with it just making sure we're gonna get to dry land i, I mean a higher plane <laughs> um and yeah we, we we get like like obviously like we had shira and the savage hawkman on thanaga and shira gets like cured of like her madness i like that a lot that john was really super cool about everything that went yeah. down and like hey it's not her fault she's seen lots of horrible stuff happen to her people she was just trying to keep it together let's yeah. let's she not was... send her to jail yeah let's let her rebuild thanaga but properly not use the absorbex con to like make it like a false rebuild yeah, which yeah. It, which is what it was and then Starman even combines a bit of her soul into Kendra Saunders, making her whole yeah. again, because apparently Perpetuia split her line of reincarnation at some point, because together they might actually be able to challenge her. Yeah, again, this, like, as we said, like, before, like, with all the stuff in Rebirth not making sense, th this all seems like it was written during that Rebirth time, mm -hmm. and then they had to change it, because they're like, no, we're not doing that Watchmen stuff in the because that whole thing feels, like, this whole thing feels like Perpetua was meant to be Dr. Manhattan, because yeah. that is exactly the same thing that happened with, like, Superman during Superman Rebirth, like, yep. Oh, he was split because if he yep. was whole, he could kill Dr. Manhattan. Yep. In fact, I kept waiting for Superman to pipe up and be like, hey, this is actually pretty uh, similar <laughs> yeah, there, Hawkwoman. This, Hawk is, woman. this happened like, to me. <laughs> this, this literally happened to me. It was a whole thing. But nope, he keeps his fucking mouth shut. <laughs> He's like, oh, maybe it's best if I don't that the Dio man will come for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to confuse everyone. I hope they don't take my trunks away. <laughs> <laughs> if I say anything. But yeah. Yeah, wow, you're absolutely right. Everything with Perpetuia and the totality and everything, this kind of contradicts the Watchmen stuff that you've been building for, like, over a couple years now. I'm not <laughs> I mad. Had a, I had, like, this brief thought, and I was like, oh, that's is, is both brilliant, but I know it's never going to happen. And it's like, oh, well, what if, like, this is still related to it, and Perpetua is actually uh, Dr. Manhattan's wife that he killed oh. with cancer. Like, she became, like a god like like he recreated her if and like that nah, that's not gonna fucking that's not gonna fucking happen no. that's like it's awesome and like something that no one would ever think of yeah <laughs> i think after doomsday clock we're pretty much done with watchmen at yeah. this point the fact yeah. that no one has referenced it in the last year no. or so yeah. we're done yeah. with it. and the fact that they even gave snyder the go-ahead to be like yeah write a new history for the universe yeah, yeah. Write a new history for several characters, in fact. Even go as far as to say that Perpetua is the one who built the Source Wall. Yeah, yeah, the Source Wall, which they're apparently going to repair. Yes, which I'm like, good, you should. It's probably bad <laughs> that that's broken. Yeah, that should not be open. Yeah, that's that's like a broken window you don't fix in your house. You're just asking for <laughs> raccoons to come in, only, you know, on a cosmic <laughs> scale. Yeah, yeah, the raccoons are like big monsters that, like, eat Earths and, like, give people powers on Earth that shouldn't yeah. have powers. And <laughs> should probably fix that, everyone. You don't want giant evil <laughs> space raccoons crawling around. I mean, that's basically all uh, Barbatos and the Dark Knights were. They were just evil space bats that flew in through a broken window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you need to get, like, the broom made events metal to like 
like sh- shove them out of the window. <laughs> That's what that whole story was. Getting the end. <laughs> that 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 was Scott Snyder's pitch. Is like so basically these bats come in from like another dimension and like Batman and the Justice League and all that have to use an nth metal broom to like shove them out again. It's based on a true story. It happened to me at my house. Bats got into my <laughs> house and I had to chase them out with a broom. And I'm such a good writer. Oh, I got a great story here. <laughs> Oh, we love Scott Snyder. Uh, he's doing some great stuff. He's doing some amazing stuff. <laughs> he's doing the podcast circuit, too, and he's built up a YouTube channel. we got to try and get him one of these days. Oh, that'd be really cool. It's so hard with our record time where it's like, hey, can you give up your Saturday at 10 o'clock to come talk to us nerds? <laughs> also, like, interviews don't do that well. I, I keep saying I'm going to do this, and I never do. But if we do interviews again, Matt and I will do the first half of the show like we normally do. And then instead of talking about comics, I will put the interview in there. Yeah. Oh, I, I imagine, like, an interview with Scott Snyder would do pretty well. You'd think, but they never seem to. It's like people love comics, but only the really hardcore give a shit about who writes them. Yeah, that's true. It's it's shocking. It's very shocking. But yeah, that was that was Justice League, and it was pretty sick. That was cool. It's it's building to something really awesome. It is. And hey, I guess we talked about Justice League, so I guess we can talk about Avengers. Did you read Avengers this week? I did. This was another like mm. focus issue on like the Avengers One Billion. Yeah, the BC team. This is all about Iron Fist, or as we now figure out her name is Fen Fei. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a fun name, Fan Fei. I like that. <laughs> who, who they say was Kunlun's greatest criminal, for she dared to teach cavemen martial arts. <laughs> yeah, she taught she taught the caveman how to chop block someone in the throat. <laughs> yeah, which her reasoning is solid. It's like, well, hey, they kept getting killed by gorilla men and by saber toothed tigers. I yeah. feel like maybe I should step in on this one. Yeah, these people need to know how to defend themselves. <laughs> yeah. Feed her to the dragon, which she then ends up beating the dragon. They're like, oh, you are you are marked with shame. And I'm like, that's the mark of the Iron Fist. Yes, but they didn't know that then because this is back when, uh, what is it, Shao Lao, what, he wasn't even the undying yet. They didn't even know that yeah. was a thing. So they figured that was a mark of shame and they kick Faye out of uh, the city. I did find that funny because like she gets it and that like proves that she has like this great power and then like like she survived it and everything. And it's like oh shame, get out of the city. <laughs> You're yeah. too good. You're too good. Yeah, we we loved that dragon. That dragon was our protector. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> and she wanders the earth like Kane in Kung Fu, getting into adventures and punching dinosaurs. Yeah, and fighting big cavemen who get the power stone. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I, big gorillas, I, I mean. <laughs> yeah, they, they called those gorillas like man-apes and stuff, and I'm like, oh, is yeah. that, will, will those guys go on to inspire the man-ape tribe from Wakanda? Yeah, yeah. That was my thought. I'm like, is that a thing? If so, that's cool. Yeah. I, I like, too, the thing that kind of ties all these origins together, where it's like, oh, well, they're, they're Earth's first superheroes. They're the Avengers BC. Who's, who's the first supervillain they fight? Well, Satan, obviously. Mephisto is the oldest villain in the world <laughs> who tries to tempt the heroes to the dark side and to do his bidding. I'm like, that's actually really fucking clever. Yeah, it is. Yeah, who, who would they fight? And he literally keeps taking the form of a snake, like from biblical times, like friggin', you yeah. know, Cain and Abel, the Garden of Eden, he keeps showing up as a snake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so cool. And hey, another fun part too, she kills one head, then two more take its place, and two more, and two more. 
Yeah, all these cool references. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of nice. And then, yeah, we get our first Infinity Stone, too. And I'm like, ooh, history's first Infinity Stone battle. Yeah, I did find it interesting that the stone, like, like turned the the uh, the man-ape into, like, a crystal man-ape. Yeah, I don't like know. That, that. I've never seen something like that happen with an Infinity Stone. I, I guess that was just, like, a cool kung fu thing where it's like, you know, she's so strong she can shatter diamond with a punch. Yeah, I suppose so. That she can shatter space diamond with a punch too. <laughs> but yeah, that that one's fun. All of these one shots are really fun, actually. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they're going to build towards. Like, because obviously we're going to get each each member is going to get like their own issue, and then they're going to move on to like, okay, now they're fighting something that I imagine will be echoed in the pre in like the present time or something. Yeah, maybe Kanshu. That'd be fun. Yeah. Because, you know, probably, again, ancient god, probably been around for a long time. Yeah, I keep thinking they're going to build towards, like, this whole Dracula thing they're doing. Because, like, Odin says he he knows Dracula. Like, he's, like, in that la in the issue before this one, he's, his dialogue seeks to imply that, like, he's had run-ins with Dracula or, like, yeah. like knows of them. He says, I should have killed that fledgling species when I had yeah. the chance, implying he had the chance. Yeah. <laughs> Dracula's like, no, then you don't have to kill me. I'm your cool bro. All right, Dracula, you're fine. A million <laughs> years later, god damn it, should have killed him when I had the chance. <laughs> he lied to me. He said he was cool, but he wasn't cool. <laughs> well, now I'm just embarrassed and have one eye. I'll let someone else deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that one was pretty solid. I enjoyed that one. Uh, ooh, I also had Shazam this week. Did you read Shazam? I did. Man, what a what a fun kids adventure. There's like, you know, shades yeah. of Harry Potter and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in this one, which you don't get in comics. Yeah, I, I kind of got like after that first issue, I'm like, okay, we're going to be, because they found like that, that station with like that map of like the, the world and everything. I'm like, okay, we're going to explore. Each issue is going to be like set in one of these realms or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And that's exactly what this issue was, really. They go off to the Funlands, which, as they describe, is Disneyland on steroids. <laughs> and they they were right. <laughs> There's also a Game Land, a Halloween Land, and a Monster Land, but the Monster Land is uh, boarded up, which is fun because obviously Shazam has a long history with the Monster Society and everything, and I'm sure that's what yeah. Jeff is referencing. Yeah. And they meet King Kid, who is just who who claims to be the seventh champion of magic. He claims to actually be one of their siblings. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder. I'm like, is that true, or is he just bullshitting? Yeah, maybe he's a lost, lost one. Mm, why did he get lost though? Why did they kick him out? And why is he still a kid all this time later? Yeah, I'm sure we'll find out the answer. But also, like, I I, I got to reread it as well for my review. But like, they like kick kids out or like kids when they reach yeah. adults who are like 18 they're like they're like there's that guy that who reaches like 18 it's his birthday and he's like running away from them because like they like gotta kill him or something yeah 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 renew renew he gets chased away yeah that's that's interesting because hey there are no adults in Funland. Yeah, it's like, it's, you know, like Peter Pan's world. It's Peter Pan, it's Pinocchio too. I got like a real yeah. Paradise Island vibe off that where it's like nothing, nothing this fun and wholesome doesn't also have a sinister underbelly to it. Yeah, yeah. 
I also like the interplay between Billy and Mary because Mary Marvel is the oldest and like she has to be the adult in the room. But also it's like, how are you going to tell all these kids from a foster home in Philadelphia they can't hang out at the greatest theme park in the universe? <laughs> yeah. How, how are you going to break it to them that this isn't a good place to be? <laughs> yeah. What a horrible monster would that make <laughs> <laughs> and billy's just kind of rolling with it it's like well we should learn a little bit more about our powers and our connection to this place so i guess we should go and eat funnel cake and ride the teacup <laughs> you know if we have to you know for science <laughs> also uh dr savannah and mr mine showed up again which i think is also a holdover from the new 52 run that everyone forgets because it was like over five years ago seeing mr mind again was like pretty awesome it was you forget where it's like oh yeah one of shazam's arch nemesis is a friggin caterpillar with a top yeah. box who can live in your brain and sometimes he's an alien but he might be a demon in this one yeah yeah it seeks to imply that he's a demon because he's in that big book that um uh savannah has which that's just so freaking clever it's like why why are there not a hundred movies where shazam fights the little <laughs> caterpillar man <laughs> that's just golden age comic book weirdness they don't make it is anymore. yeah 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 that's like such a beautiful thing in its time like you know grant morrison has to pound a bunch of peyote to just kind of get back there but that's just like <laughs> some shit some guys in the 50s came out oh and who does the little kid who turns into a superhero fight um um um, um uh, a, a caterpillar, caterpillar. With a <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's gold let's do it we're going places here at Fawcett. <laughs> but then they didn't <laughs> but we still have this book and this book is good and you know it's it's a yeah. shame jeff johns isn't steering the ship at dc anymore but it's nice to see of all the books he's been hoarding to himself this one this one's living up to the hype yeah yeah it is and i'm interested to see like this is this is an ongoing it's not like a yes. in mini isn't it yeah so i'm interested to see like when we get to the point where like okay now we've got to tie it into like the main universe because at the moment it's pretty self-contained yeah because it's like hey shazam and shazam kids what, what what are you doing when magic is being threatened over in justice league dark yeah 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 we're uh, funnel cake and yeah, tea funnel kettle rides and <laughs> man man it would it would really kind of kill the joyous fun kids adventure vibe if like you know the soup and some of those horrible monsters from justice league dark yeah. showed up here the upside down man comes oh, and eats mary marvel or something yeah. hey kids wanna die <laughs> man that last justice league dark issue was so fucking cool where it was basically just tales from the crypt but with the justice league dark I kind of fell off it, and I, I'm kind of regretting it. It was just that that witching hour kind of did me in. I'm like, yeah, it's cool and everything, but like, it was, yeah, it was I, too much, too quick into the book's yeah. life. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like three issues in. It's like already a big event. They're they're getting back to basics now. I tell you, if you skipped that read the last issue that came out because it's a bunch of really great short stories that basically let you see what are other magic characters doing at this time. Cool. And they tie in characters you would never think of. Like, they visit Frankenstein and the Agents of Shade again. Oh, that's cool. I haven't seen him since he was in that Tomasi Superman book. Exactly. They they do a whole bit on, uh, what is it, frickin' Andrew Bennett from I, Vampire. We get to see... Oh, him. wow. Yeah, because James <laughs> Tynan and Scott Snyder are, like, the last two writers in the world who care about I, Vampire. <laughs> we then, they even do some Vertigo shit. Zatanna meets the first of the Fallen, basically the devil oh, from wow. the Constantine book. Yeah, wow. 
and then like one of the what one of the other kind show up and they literally like drown Satan in bile. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> and it's great because Satan is like doing his tough guy spiel where it's like, I am the dragon, the beast with many backs, I am the Lord of Lies, you have no power here. <laughs> to which the other kind are like, Drown? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, they punch Satan. They fucking punch <laughs> Satanus. What do we do? <laughs> If they can do that to the first of the fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, Shazam is good. Justice League Dark is good. Uh, I, I only have like one other book. Cool. I um, I read uh, Wonder Comics' new book, Naomi, this oh, week. Oh, yeah, the new Bendis thing that he was really proud of. Yeah, Bendis and uh, David F. Walker, I believe. Yes, who I really like, actually. A guy who I've always supported. He's been super nice to me at cons. The last one I went to, he, he had a whole tashiki he was wearing. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this issue was, it's a good first issue. Um, we were introduced to this character, Naomi, who we learn lives in this small Oregon town, and she's adopted. And the, the, the first big thing in years to happen to this town is a Superman-Mongol fight briefly very briefly like seconds worth of this fight comes through the town and like but causes a little bit of property it? damage yeah it's the it's the watch yeah that's the problem that you don't know which one is is this the mongol that owns war world but war world was destroyed so is this mongol one or two and, and mongol <laughs> junior mongol senior bendis doesn't know he just wanted a cool fight with mongol um so yeah, this this fight briefly happens. There's a little bit of property damage, and everyone in the town goes crazy because they're like, finally, like people will like notice this little town. Something might actually happen, but no one like in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter. It was only there for like a couple of seconds. No one's reporting on this, uh, this this fight and everything, and it makes Naomi upset because like she wants something to happen in the town and she she visits her therapist because she's got problems with being adopted and everything and her therapist says that she has a superman complex because oh. um, she's a little bit like infatuated with superman because I mean, uh, obviously he, right because <laughs> <laughs> because obviously he's adopted she's adopted so she's like seen like like mm. i could be like him because i'm like him and um therapist knows that that's like a lot of that's like a fantasy for a lot of uh, adopted children in the dc universe you can only uh, imagine right either that or you yeah. want to be dick grayson <laughs> yeah yeah uh superman returns to help clean up ever so briefly but naomi misses him again um and she's like upset and everything and when she's talking with her friends she learns that something just before like her and her friends were born like 17 years ago something happened in the town that was superhero related mm -hmm. and because she's we're not really sure like what she is exactly like she wants to be a journalist or something because she's like into like investigating all these like things and asking people stuff but she works at a diner this, this sounds very kids on a bike stranger thing it it really is it really is it it, it totally is. And she wants to find out what this mystery was. She, she goes to the local mechanic who's, he's this guy called D and he's like, he's literally bigger than Bane. <laughs> like, this dude is massive. Um, and I'm like, this dude could like, like kill Bane with one arm. Um, and he knows what happened, but won't tell her, but he lets slip that it were, it happened the same day that she was adopted. Hmm. So there's like a mystery surrounding what happened in this town. No one seems to know or wants to let slip. Like there's this weird 
sort of like Stepford Wives moment where like Sounds her very friend Stephen King it. Yeah, there's a, where her friend where she's like wanting to investigate it, but her friend's trying everything to get her not to. Mm. Like, come over to my place, we'll have dinner, we'll sleep over, and you can ask my parents about it, but they'll tell you nothing happened. Mm. And and but she's like, yeah, I'm still going to investigate it, and her friend kind of gets mad and everything. This this sounds like a really good indie pitch that Bendis has been sitting on for a while. And if he didn't get to go to DC, he probably would have written it anyway. He just probably would have written oh, yeah. out all references to Superman. But now he gets to actually do it in the universe and mention Superman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or if like he did it with Marvel, it would have been something like, "Oh, the Avengers turned up and had a brief fight with someone," or like Captain America. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, there's like a really interesting mystery there now, and I'm interested to find out what it is. The the one thing though, I hope that we don't start writing Naomi like he did write Riri Williams, and as whereas it took someone like Jim Zub to come in to actually make her a bit interesting, hammer out a character. Yeah, yeah, where she's just like sort of a nothing character until someone else comes along. Mm. But I think maybe that's why David F. Walker's there this- to like bring him in with the character. All the hallmarks you're saying sound very Walker to me. He's very yeah. good at those things. And I, I, it's a shame he can never have a book that lasts very long. No, no. May, maybe this is his way of getting it because it's got the Bender's name on it as well. And also, too, maybe this lets him get his foot in the door at DC and hopefully maybe he can start writing some more stuff. Yeah, so definitely an interesting premise. And for some, for some reason, people didn't like it, probably because, you know, we must hate Bendis for everything. I had I had someone in my comments get mad because Bendis was trying to connect this with like his Superman work, like make a connection and make like a continu- continuity. Like he's trying to connect this with his Superman work. That's not right. I fucking hate Bendis. I'm like, what the fuck are you on about? Don't you want that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. And I'm sure you had all the same usual suspects of racist too, being like, I hate that there is a black woman oh, yeah. on the cover of this. Yeah, someone said to me that she, she's going to replace Superman. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? She doesn't have any powers. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh paranoid internet commenter, do you know no bounds? <laughs> no. This is definitely an interesting book. It plays to Bendis' strengths as like a mystery, mm. sort of like investigating sort of mystery. Which people forget that that is something he used to be really good at. He doesn't do it as much yeah. anymore, but he's really good at it. Yeah, so hopefully that actually like picks up and there's like it's like a, a good payoff to this mystery. I'll tell you what, you've given me the best pitch for that book that I've heard. Like I read the solicitations and it didn't do anything for me. Your yeah, no. pitch did it for me. I yeah, when I read that solicitation I'm like, what do I care? And I like read it and I'm like, this is good. And as well, the art is amazing. It looks really good too. I have seen the art, it looks very nice. This this feels like a book that at the end of the year everyone's gonna be like, Here's a hidden gem you missed, go back and read this yeah yeah but yeah so uh, hey that's also two good hits for uh the Wonderline right now we liked young justice and we like that yeah i doubt either of us are going to be reading super uh or what is it wonder twins hey i might i like the wonder twins i like the wonder twins too i like them as a punchline i don't know if they can work in the universe uh, i'm interested to see how it works out <laughs> I mean, I think there's something to be said about the writer who can reclaim two characters who are basically jokes and who carry around arguably more Super Friends baggage than Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, more power to you. Uh, the last book I read this week was uh, Superior Spider-Man number two. I haven't read this one yet. 
Yeah, it's it's fun, you know. Uh, it's uh, Doc Ock. He's defending San Francisco from Dark Side. I mean, Terax the Tamer. <laughs> it's Dark Side. It's like, it's color swapped like Injustice Dark Side. Like boys, when you yeah. when you both play as Dark Side, one's color swapped. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what it is. And uh, he's doing everything in his power to try and stop this guy. He throws everything at him. He sends his like night shift D list supervillain army after yep. him. Yep. He's just like bang, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or they. Anyone would do that. Someone without powers could get to defeat the night shift. They're useless. <laughs> it's true. And he's like, "Well, I will outthink you, and I will use all my science weapons on you." And he just shrugs them off. And it's like, "Dude, you've never fought anyone like me before." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he just gets the floor wiped with him. <laughs> Literally, he gets smashed into the ground, and he's like, "All right, I am going to die. I cannot win this on my own." Anne Marie, will you please help me? I know you have no reason to help me, and you were reading me the riot act before this, but uh, I'm gonna <laughs> die, and all the Avengers are busy. So if I die, literally, the city will be destroyed. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and a lot of it is just Anne-Marie being like, okay, I, I have to help you. And she helps him retrofit an old Doctor Doom device that allows him to siphon out cosmic energy. Ooh, cool. Which he does, and then the question is, okay, I have this cosmic energy. Where am I going to put it now? Oh, well, into me, of course. Ah, uh, so he gets, like, cosmic... Like, basically the power cosmic. <laughs> he says, I am now the cosmic superior Spider-Man. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, what has she done? <laughs> That's literally the final page is Anne-Marie being like, yay, is this good or bad? Should I have done that? <laughs> and he was like seconds away from death, too, where it's like this is the only thing that saved his life, getting the power cosmic. I do like that, like, through the first issue of this series, as uh, in the Superior Octopus as well as the Spider-Geddon, they took away that, that sort of safety net. It was like, oh, oh, well, like, I'm Doc Ock and, like, I can, like, just go until I die because I've got clone bodies. Like, he can't do that now. He's stuck with one body, so he has to be smart about it. This arc is all about him feeling mortality and also how yeah. far he's willing to go to try and be a hero because Anne-Marie's like, nope, you're going to backslide. You don't mean it. You have an evil plot in the back <laughs> of your mind. And he's like, if I had an evil plot, would I let this space god, former Herald of Galactus, beat my bones into dust? <laughs> <laughs> if this doesn't yeah. prove I'm a hero, what will? <laughs> but yeah it's it's fun i like it christos gauge is good yeah I, I really like that first issue and i'm glad they brought uh anna maria back as well because mm. they they're tying up that loose end on that which is really cool she's just such a great character and too good a character yeah. to lose i'm glad she has a book now yeah yeah you know, I, I'd almost say, you know, do we have too much spider-man now between amazing friendly neighborhood the new miles this mm there's going to be a new Marvel team up. And I'm like, they're all good, though, and they're all di good and different in their own way. Yeah. It's not like X-Men where they all feel very similar. Yeah. Good or bad, they all feel very samey. I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not at my Spider-Man level at the same way I was at my X-Men level very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they have all these Spider-Man books, so the next time there's a sequel to Spider-Verse, they can have a big crossover event that brings all these books together. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> no more more loon, though. No more no more inheritors. Let the inheritors be yeah, done. Move on to something else. <laughs> Do anything else. Again, well, they, they technically can move on, like, the inheritors since, like, they've all been changed into babies, so. That's fine. And they're all living with Spider-Man. 
<laughs> that's right. I remember. That's how. That's how that ended. That's how it, they, they. All the inheritors were turned into babies, and then Spider Man, the the Aunt May Spider Man of some universe, uh, took him in as her own. <laughs> of the most wholesome universe. Hey, maybe the next time there's a threat they can't beat, they'll go back there and be like, "Hey, good inheritors who were raised by Spider Man, come and help." Or Spider Man, come and help us. That'd actually be pretty cool. That would be. You know what you do? You 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 basically just rip off Dark Knight's metal, and you have the evil Spider-Man of an alternate universe trying to invade. Yeah. And the good Spider-Man are like, we can't beat them. What do we do? Well, if we had inheritors to eat their souls. Yeah. <laughs> that would work. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> but yeah, that was my comics for this week, everyone. It was a pretty good mix. It was. I've got one more. Oh, go for it. Um... Uh, it's technically one from last week, but I only read it this week, and that this was Supergirl issue twenty six. Yeah, what's happening in the world of Supergirl? Let me. Um, know. so we're kind of taking a break from that whole looking for Rogelzar, uh, like Killer of Krypton sort of stuff, because Supergirl ended up getting kidnapped by Harry Hokum, oh. uh, who's very very old character and related to uh, the Omega Men, all that sort of stuff. Um, Since we've heard that character mentioned. Yeah, and he's taken, like, some of her blood because uh, he wants to use the, like, properties of it uh, for nefarious activities. Mm. Uh, she she gets sent off to a labor planet. Like, she's depowered, sent off to a labor planet. Uh, meanwhile, her Kaluan uh, partner, Xander, and Crypto are, like, trying to get her and trying to, like, um, uh, release her and rescue her and everything. And she's stuck on this... Uh, labor planet where she meets the omega men mm. um and the original omega men as well like all the the team that was apparently killed off in tom king's omega men book <laughs> oops uh so yeah they're they're all alive we, we kind of knew they were already alive because some of them appeared in the uh green lantern core book um in dc rebirth so yeah and then they sort of like team up with her and they might know something about krypton's death maybe mm. Not too sure, but yeah, it ends with like them all like teamed up, and they got to like defeat uh, Harry Hokum's like he's made like this clone army of these weird like orc monster things. Nice. Yeah, pretty cool. It's a cool space adventure for Supergirl. Sounds like Supergirl is the super family book to be reading right now. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like it, when when I imagine it gets back to like the actual Rogelzar stories, it's telling us more about Rogelzar than like the, the Superman book at the moment is completely forgotten about him. Yep. Yep, he was the hot new toy, and now we're ready to move on to other things. Yeah, yeah, Bendis got bored of him already. As he often does. And now we need another writer to come in to make him interesting. Yeah, hey, it'll happen. Yeah, Scott Snyder. Hint, hint. Yeah, work, work Rogel's R into here somehow. <laughs> uh, yeah, so is that it for the week, Matt? Is that everything? That's everything. Oh, well, you know, that was a heck of a show, and we're coming in right at an hour 30, which is where we usually like to be. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for watching and listening. We always really appreciate it. And also, too, something I want to start doing every month, but I forget sometimes. I want to thank all the new patrons and donators who help make this show possible, and because of that, get to listen to the show early before anyone else. Yeah. Special thanks to Jack and Joe and Lachlan and another fellow who donated the most this month, but whose name I am not going to try and butcher here. <laughs> they they know who they are, and they have in fact been very generous both in Patreon and over on the Coffee app, which uh, I didn't even share that I was on that app. I just did it to make sure no one took my name on that. 
<laughs> and uh, that person, they know who they are. They're probably listening. Thank you. You've actually probably been the most generous donor the channel has ever had. And because of oh, that, that's awesome. And because of that, I'm going this week to get stuff to set up an actual streaming station thanks to this person's donations. Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna get that happen. So thank you so much for that. Endlessly, endlessly appreciated as I am appreciative of everyone who watches and listens and likes and downloads and makes us part of your part of your day, part of your podcast diet. Mm-hmm. As always, uh, you can watch the show and download it uh, Thursday uh, after it airs here on YouTube. You can download the audio version. You can carry it around with you. Matt and I make sure there's an audio and visual uh, version up for the patrons. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. And, you know, that helps me pay Matt, helps me keep the show up on iTunes and SoundCloud and everywhere else. And, yeah, that's that's basically mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I, uh, I have no sponsors. We're doing this all on our own. No no chewable dick pills to hawk. Not this time. <laughs> oh. I'm, st- I'm still the, waiting. The dick pill money hasn't come in yet. <laughs> mm, I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting <laughs> on that Blue Chew uh, sponsorship, Matt. One of these days we will be sponsored <laughs> by the world's only chewable dick supplement. <laughs> Uh, uh, friend of the show, uh, Sal, he had his big 75,000 subscriber stream this week, and he yeah. brought up that story I told him about the chewable dick pills. And be like, yeah, they wrote me, and, you know, they never wrote me back. <laughs> and I like this has become part of the larger Cape Joel lore now that this has jumped channels and has become something of itself. <laughs> where it's like, yeah, did you hear Jolie's in good with the chewable dick pill people? Talk, talk yeah, to him he, if you want a boner. He has connections in the dick pill business. <laughs> <laughs> there comes a point when I want to grow my channel to be so synonymous with blue chew chewable dick pills that when they look at Cape Joel, they don't go, oh, hey, there's that comic book YouTuber Cape Joel. They will look at me and go, hey, it's Captain Dick Pill. <laughs> or Mr. Dick Pills. <laughs> as, as I walk the streets, yo, there goes Mr. Dick Pills. <laughs> Another person said something hilarious, too. They said chewable dick pills. Well, aren't technically all pills chewable if you're not a wuss? That's true. That's true. That solid point, sir. That's another thing on the comic multiverse. Chew all your pills moving forward. <laughs> this this is our new movement we're starting. Hashtag chew those pills. <laughs> Please don't make that a hashtag. Please don't let that be a thing that we're famous for. <laughs> Fox News picks up on this. It's a hot new trend that the kids are doing. Chewing their pills. <laughs> Uh, is, is your child sh- uh, pill chewing? Well, are they? <laughs> they could be. Uh, and on that note, everyone, I think we can stop now. Yeah. <laughs> just, just stop everything. Just put it to an end. Just finish this madness and let's be done with it. We will We will be back again next week, everyone, with a brand new show. Thank you for listening. I've been Joel. I'm Matt. Bye-bye. <laughs>